Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotions. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are always grateful to be able to open up your word early in the morning and to, to hear from you, Lord, about the uniqueness of how you created us and how we are fearfully and wonderfully made and how we can honor you through using those skills to the best of our abilities. And Lord, as we learn more about ourselves this morning, Lord, may we look to you the one who has lived this life and completed it perfectly so that you could be our example. And Lord, that we can fashion and mold ourselves in your likeness because we have you in our heart and in our minds. Come and live inside of us as our prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you for our verse of contemplation this morning from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 33 to 34. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable is his ways. Romans 11 verse 33 to 34. The title for my talk this morning is Information in Crisis. Our second lecture on personality preferences. So yesterday we started off by looking at the first preference pair, personality types introvert and extrovert, and how living in lockdown in a house with these two different preferences of personality could make life easier or more difficult if we don't understand one another. And the classical, you know, um, definition that we're using comes from the Myers-Briggs indicator, the MBT. And basically, there are four different types of preferences within personality types. And I'm just going to highlight them again for those of you who missed yesterday's. And basically what it is, is that we respond to life in four different ways. We respond to how we get energized, how we receive information, how choices are made, and how we live our lives in different ways. And the different ways is really in um, how we get energized. The two different ways is by spending time alone, that's introversion, or spending time with people, that's extroversion, and that's what we looked at yesterday. And today we're going to look at how we gather information differently, how we interpret information differently, and this is through sensing or intuition. And how choices are made are we going to look at tomorrow, how I think and how I feel. Some people are thinking people, some people are feeling people, and how we live our lives. Some people live their lives by judging, other people live their lives by perceiving. So remember what we said yesterday about personality types and preferences. We said that your personality type is specifically formed through preference. Um, Preference is really the way, just the natural way that I feel comfortable in doing things. And the one is not right or wrong. It's simply a preference. And today's personality preference that we're going to be looking at is how we prefer to gather or interpret information. Um, Sensing or through intuition. Now, we live in an information age. Never has there been so much access to information as there is right now today. And I'm sure that you may have noticed that with the outbreak of COVID-19, that the news and social media and everything else has exploded and saturated with information regarding this, this outbreak and how to navigate it and what people are saying and different theories and, and, and conspiracy theories and facts. And, and, and information has just really exploded. 
And I remember that during the beginning of this, you know, COVID-19 outbreak and lockdown in South Africa, there was a time where there was just so much information being sent and, and put out onto the media that I couldn't take it anymore, that I literally just switched off my phone's data. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, pick up my phone. I would leave my phone alone for hours, not wanting to see what's going on because it was just an information overload. And I couldn't take it all in. So basically the facts were just too much for me. You see, all I wanted is just to sift through the facts and to try and make sense of it all and to know what is true and what isn't and how it's applicable for my life. I wanted to make meaning of it all, but the facts were too much for me, so I ended up not making meaning of anything and just switching everything off. So I've realized that I'm not a very big lover of information and the details of information. I just want to figure out how it applies to my life and how it applies to my, you know, general mission and goal in life and where I am headed. In other words, I am an intuitive person. My preference is intuition. Now we're going to look at what this is. Um, sensing people on the other end um, enjoy factual information more. They like the details. Intuitive people on the other end are not so much into the details. They couldn't really care much about the details, but rather what brings meaning to their life. What's the bigger picture behind the details, the information, and how is it going to lead to me applying it to my life and living a, a successful life and reaching my goals? So what is the purpose of all of this information is really what intuitive people are about. But they sometimes skip over the information and just make their own conclusions. So just to give you a little bit of an idea of what sensing people are, people who are into the factual information versus the intuitive people who are very much into the bigger picture and the meaning behind it all. Um, I know that my husband, for example, is a sensing person. And whenever he shares information, he loves gathering the details of this information. He loves, you know, having every single fact, dates, names, um, details, the places of where things happened. And this is his preference. Now, as we all went into COVID-19, you know, there's a lot of information going around, conspiracy theories, facts, details of how the disease is developing. And he loves researching and sh sifting through all of the facts and drawing conclusions from it all. And then he would share it with me. And I've learned to appreciate his thoroughness in investigation and searching for information. But my natural mind and my natural information, you know, is, uh, inclination, I mean, is saying, okay, okay, I, I'm getting the facts, I'm getting, and sometimes it takes long to sift through the facts. And I'm just saying in the back of my head, I'm saying, but what's the bigger picture? What's the meaning of it all? How is this applicable to my life? Um, and that's because I'm intuitive and he is sensing. He needs to go through all the facts and the facts as what gives him pleasure and gives him joy and and you know drawing his own conclusions at the end of it all me I just want to get to the end of it all you know and sometimes I skip over the facts to get to the end of it all and you know what I don't need to know if it was Susan on the 3rd of March at some rally about COVID anti something something debate that said blah 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 just tell me what some woman said and get to the point of it all you see the difference between sensing versus intuitive intuitive is really a about the bigger picture while sensing is about the details of it all. It's like seeing the world through two different colored glasses. The one sees it through blue glasses, you know, seeing all the facts and details, and the other one sees it through the green glasses, wanting to make meaning of it. You see, the sensing 
preference, those who have a sensing preference, usually observes everything through their senses, their smells, their tastes, their eyes, their ears, and they take everything in. They see the small details as if they are looking through a microscope. Intuitive people, on the other hand, goes, observes life through binoculars or even sometimes a telescope, looking at the bigger picture, looking at the world, looking at the universe, and, and not specifically in the sense of the world and the universe, but that big picture, you know, what does this all mean for life and me and my purpose and, and my, my happiness in life? In other words, they're very wanting to get to the practical side of things and not so much in the theory of things. So it's like two people walking in the woods. The one looks at the tree that's right in front of him. The bark, the color, the shape of the leaves, the texture, and the life that is within the tree. And the other person that's walking next to him is staring at the forest, the trees, the grass, the sand, the bugs, the, the birds that live in the trees. They look up at the sun beating down upon all of them. They feel the wind breathing through the trees and hear the rustle of the leaves. So they're very different. The one sees the details, the other one sees the bigger picture. Now, if you're still not sure which preference pair you fall in, because that's really the purpose of our talk today, so that you can identify which preference pair you, you know, associate with more, because we both have both of them inside of us. We both have sensing and intuition inside of us, but we just tend to prefer the one over the other. It's where we feel comfortable in functioning in our lives and where we feel comfortable with information. The question that you need to ask yourself if you're still not sure is, do you tend to evaluate what's in front of you? So you, do you critique, do you evaluate, do you look at the smaller details, or do you rather enjoy the feeling of what you get when you see things around you? Then you will know whether you're intuitive or sensing. Sensing people evaluate, intuitive people want to feel and experience the bigger picture. So um, information that we get, we want to know whether we like it and trust it. If you like the information, then you'll know which preference group you fall under. So sensing people will be into facts, details, practicality, what is actual, what is real, science, evaluating and searching. Intuitive people will go with their gut, the bigger picture. What is the meaning and the purpose of this all? How does it apply to my life and how does it feel? How do I feel about this? Is it bringing purpose and is it bringing something good into my life? So if I took you to the beach, just to demonstrate a little bit further, a sensing person will see the sand, the water, the towels, the people, and will comment that the beach is crowded or empty, and that when they leave, they would say it was either a hot, a hot or a cold day. The facts and the information is taking in through their senses. They would say something like there was a baby that was crying the whole time. An intuitive person would go to the beach, the very same beach, and feel like they're California dreaming. They would feel like they're in their best family holiday spot, where happiness and memories are made, where new summer loves are formed, and the freshness of the summer ushers in new possibilities. And they will go back home, and they will have enjoyed their day very thoroughly about all the possibilities that this day and the beach experience had brought in for them. Once again, two people who have been in the same family went to the same beach and had two simple different experiences simply because the one is intuitive and the other one is sensing. I remember my grandmother from my dad's side once came to visit us um, at the coastal town in Port Elizabeth and my family loves to go to the beach. We absolutely love the beach. So we thought we'd treat her and took her along with us to the beach and she sat in the car the entire time. 
because you see her preference was sensing and she saw all the little details of the beach that day and I remember her words her words were there's too much wind and I don't want sand to get into my clothes and into everything and look at the seaweed that, that's going you know just lying all around what if I contract some kind of a disease she was looking at the facts using her senses to gather data and to make a decision based on those facts and she was right because when we came back because we left and left her in the car when we came back we went on the beach long but our hair and our mouths and everything was full of sand. My hair was tangled. Um, <laughs> so she was right. And, and, and the sand was blowing so hard that it actually, you know, hurt our skins. It felt like we were being sandblasted. Where on the other hand, when we got out of the car, I saw with my intuition, I saw that this was an opportunity for family fun time. And I couldn't care less about the facts. As a matter of fact, I didn't even take notice of all of those things. Um, except for the bigger picture of this was, this was going to be a nice day at the beach with my family. And we were going to have fun. And I saw family togetherness. And I saw what the beach meant for me. It was a time to relax, even amongst the stinky seaweed. It was a time for bonding and for beautiful sunsets to be cherished and we did bond um, while running away from the spiky sand that was blasting our skin and beating us down and we laughed as we returned to the car still this pleasant experience from my from my point of view from my preference so the one wasn't right and the other one wrong it was simply a preference my granny weighed the facts and made a decision for her comfort I went with my gut that said this could still be fun. And it kind of was fun in an unexpected sandblasting kind of way. Two very different perspectives on how we view the world and how we interpret data. Now, if you went home and you met a friend on the way, or, or if we went home and we met a friend on the way and the friend asked us, so how was your time at the beach? What would my grandmother say? Oh, it was miserable. And how would I answer? I would say, oh, it was, it was quite fun. It was interesting. Two very different you know, perceiving um, ways of looking at the world. So how do sensing people view intuitive people? I once um, heard of a man who was attending a seminar where he learned more about sensing and intuitive people um, preferences. And, and, and as he finished off, he himself was a sensing person. He, he turned to the intuitive group and he said to the intuitive group, I always thought you were liars. You see, <laughs> he said, you're always talking about things that didn't happen or that weren't there and you twist words. Um, but now I know that you're not liars. You just interpret and perceive and gather data from your preference. You interpret the facts so that they can have meaning in your life and you're not distorting them. But in my mind, I'm only looking at the facts. So we can have a lot of misunderstandings with one another if we don't understand which preference group you are dealing with. So during this outbreak of COVID-19, um, you're probably locked up with sensing as well as intuitive um, preferences in your family. Your family members have different preferences and you might have both in your family right now. And we are all looking at the same picture. We are all looking at this outbreak, but we see it through different glasses. Some of us are looking at the outbreak from a microscopic point of view. Others are looking with it in a telescope, you know, looking at the bigger picture and what it means for life. So now I just want to give you a warning. 
It may sound that sensing people are stuck up and they are no fun versus intuitive people are adventurous. This makes it sound like the one is better than the other. And this is not true. Please note that just like introversion and extroversion, the one is not better than the other. It's just different ways of looking at the word, different preferences. And each of these preferences has strengths and have weaknesses, strengths to improve upon and develop and weaknesses to overcome. So if you are going to overuse your intuition then you could get into problem. If you forget to look and incorporate at least some of your senses and some of the facts that are around you. So if you are just constantly going to be looking at the bigger picture of things and how it brings meaning to your life and not at the facts, you could get into trouble. There's a biblical example of this in the book of Judges, chapter 17, verse 1 to 13. You can go read this a little bit later. It's not a very well-known story, but I'd like to share it with you. It's a story of an Israelite man named Micah and his mother who took 200 silver coins and made an image and idols from these silver coins. Micah started to take these idols and he made a shrine for them to stand on. And he, he, he sewed a sacred ephod, just like the high priests used to do, and to wear it. And then he took one of his sons and he made his son a priest to serve within his own little created temple, if you could call it this, um, as a priest to the Lord God. Now, in his mind, he was doing a good thing. In his mind, he thought, well, we need to serve the Lord. We need to, to love the Lord. But Judges 17 verse 6 tells us why he did this. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. And all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. In other words, they followed their gut. They followed their intuition. But they forgot the bigger picture. The bigger picture was, well, I mean, the, the, the details of it. You see, he focused on the bigger picture. The bigger picture was we need to worship. We need a temple, just like in Shiloh. We can't get to Shiloh where the actual temple is. So let's copy it. And he copied it, and he, but he forgot the details. You see, he was not supposed to be making idols or worshiping idols. He was not supposed to be appointing his own priest because God was the one that appointed priest. So he was very much into the bigger picture. His motives were correct because he looked at the bigger picture of we need to worship, we need to serve the Lord, and he even tried to copy some of the things that the Lord had given Israel to do. But he forgot the details. The details were very important when it came to worship and especially the worship of the sanctuary to the Lord. You see, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 tells us that we need to be careful of just following intuition completely, you know, just looking at the bigger picture. It says, there is a way that appears to be right unto a man, but the end of it leads to death. The Bible warns us of overusing one preference. We need to incorporate a little bit of the other preference in order to be successful. John 8 verse 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. In other words, sometimes it's important to consider the facts and the specifics and to not just look at the bigger picture. Yes, we do look at the bigger picture, but we also consider the facts. I've heard people say things like, you know, it doesn't really matter how you serve God as long as you serve God because you love him. Um, and this is not true because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 4 that God is into the details as well as the bigger picture. God says, do not worship the Lord your God in the way that these pagan people worship their gods. In other words, there's a specific way. Look at the facts. There are details when it comes to how we worship God. 
And then Matthew 23 verse 33 says, but you can also go wrong if you overuse your, your sensing, if you overuse, you know, focusing on the facts. Because Jesus said to the Pharisees, he says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are careful in tithing even on the tiniest of your income, the herbs from your garden, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. In other words, the bigger picture, the things that are, 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 are just as important as the facts, the justice, mercy, faith. Um, he says, yes, you should tithe, but you should also not neglect the important things like mercy and justice towards those around you. The Bible tells me that both of these preferences, sensing and intuition, are important. Um, the details and the bigger picture and why we serve God. So having the one over the other you can become imbalanced. In other words, if you're focusing just on the one and completely cutting out the other, in other words, refusing to use any of your senses or refusing to look at any of the big picture and just focusing on the facts can get you into trouble. Now, I'm not suggesting now that you have to be 50-50 in both because we do have our preferences, but have something of the other in it. Don't just look at the big picture and not look at the details. Uh, you don't have to look at all of the details, but look at some of them so that you can draw some conclusions. The Bible is not promoting focusing on the one as opposed to the other but don't ignore the other preference develop it inside of you as well i believe that a good biblical example of somebody that dis did this was king solomon i believe king solomon developed his intuition as well as his senses and the bible tells us that he was the wisest man that ever lived because the lord had blessed him with wisdom the lord had blessed him with wisdom as well as knowledge i believe that knowledge is the facts and wisdom is how you interpret the facts to see the bigger picture so the Bible tells us that one day, two women came to King Solomon. And one of them said to him, Your Majesty, this woman and I live in the same house. Now long ago, my baby, not long ago, my baby was born at home. And three days later, her baby was born. Now, nobody else lives with us. And one night while we were asleep, she rolled over onto her baby and he died. When while I was still asleep, she got up and took my son out of my bed and she put him in her bed and she put her dead baby next to me. And in the morning when I got up to feed my son, I saw that he was dead. But when I looked at him in the light, I knew that it wasn't my son. Now the other woman shouted at King Solomon, he was your son. Your baby is alive. My baby is alive. The dead baby is yours, the first woman yelled. Mine is alive. And they argued back and forth in front of Solomon. Until finally he said, Both of you say that this baby who is alive is yours. Someone please bring me a sword. A sword was brought and Solomon ordered that the baby be cut in half. That way each of them would have half and get a part of him. Please don't kill my son, the baby's mother screamed. Your majesty, I love him very much, but give him rather to this other woman. Just please don't kill him. The other woman shouted, however, go ahead, cut him in half. Um, then neither of us will have the baby. Solomon said, don't kill the baby. Then he pointed to the woman, the first woman, the one who said, don't kill the baby. She is her, his real mother. Give the baby to her. And the people were astounded at his, his, his wisdom and his knowledge. Because you see, he heard the facts. He looked at the bigger picture and he came up with a solution. 
based on both the smaller details of the story as well as the larger picture. He wanted the facts, but he also followed his gut in knowing that the true mother would never let her son die. You see how it's important to, to at some stage, you know, step out of your comfort zone as much as it is your preference to develop that other side, to develop to have the knowledge as well as the wisdom, to develop to have the intuition as well as the sensing abilities following that which you can see in the facts. So how has this impacted you while you were on lockdown? How could this impact you? How could living in a home with sensing and intuitive people, if you don't understand each other and navigate around these differences, how can it impact you? So imagine you're at home and you're having a lovely day, chatting with each other, spending time together as a family, when all of a sudden one of your family members withdraw and is clearly not happy. And when you go to investigate and ask what's happening, the reply comes, didn't you hear what Sarah just said? She said, I'm a, and it doesn't really matter what she said, but let's just say dot, dot, dot. And this person starts to get into the details of one word that Sarah had said and how this word is rude and, you know, it means that she's seeing me in a negative light and how could she use this word. So this person is focusing on the details that's in front of him. In other words, he's a what type of person? A sensing person. Whereas Sarah, if Sarah were to be confronted about this very same picture, this very same information that's being shared, she might say something like, but I didn't mean anything by it. We were having such a good time and laughing and everything was fine and I had no ill intentions. Can't you see the word in light of the bigger picture and realize that this is what I meant? Don't focus on what I said, but focus on what I meant. See the bigger picture. So Sarah is an intuitive person. You see, differences, if if not understood and navigated, will, will most certainly cause distress. So it's good to learn about one another and our preferences. I think it's good to look at the small details as well as the bigger picture, because there really is beauty in both. A sensing person will go about their day, completing their tasks, looking at the facts around them, saying things like, I've completed the dishes, I've done this in the house, now the house is clean, the beds are made, sticking to the facts. An intuitive person will say, well, did you enjoy it while you were doing it, you know? Um, did it add to your life? Is there a deeping meaning or purpose why you cleaned the house and spent so much time on it? And so an intuitive person will actually become unproductive if they can't see the deeper meaning and purpose in something. They will stop listening to information if they can't, you know, see the bigger picture. Whereas if you are only giving the bigger picture and not giving details, a sensing person will stop listening as well. So in crisis, those who identify with sensing might say something like, we have no money, but we have flour and yeast. We can bake some breads. They stick to the facts. An intuitive person will say, we have no money. It's a test of our faith. We must pray more and look at the bigger picture and the meaning behind it all for them. A sensing person will say, the house is dirty, there's dishes to be washed. An intuitive person will say, the house is dirty because we had fun last night, because we were playing games and spending some quality time together, and it's okay for the house to be dirty, looking at the bigger picture and the meaning for them. A sensing person will say, we had a fight because you spoke to me in a rude way. Facts. An intuitive person will say, but it was only a joke. We were having so much fun and I really didn't mean anything by it. Looking at the bigger picture. 
You know, um, you might say something like, but you called me a monkey. And the person will say, no, I called you my monkey. I meant it in a loving way, not a hurtful way. Do you see how these differences are not one right or the other one wrong? They're just different. And understanding will bring a lot of release and ease. So know your preference. Know your family members' preferences. So that you don't fight unnecessarily about these differences. And so that you don't accuse the other person of being spiteful. Talk about the differences, about the preference. And also learn to step outside of your own preference like Jesus and develop skills in both areas so that if the situation calls for it, um, that you can, you know, step out of your comfort zone. Intuition and sensing is important for both of us. I think of the story of Jesus and Peter in closing off. Jesus says to Peter that he must be careful of only using his, his intuition above his sense, uh, his senses above his intuition. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just before Jesus was going to die, um, G- Peter looks around him as the soldiers are approaching to arrest Jesus. He looks at the facts and he says to himself, I must defend Jesus. There are many men, there are swords, they're going to arrest him. And in his, you know, factual information, he chops off Malchus's ear. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, don't do that. Don't just look at the facts in front of you that life is in danger and that and that it's bad. Look at the bigger picture. And Jesus says to him, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And he also says to him, this is supposed to happen because I am heading towards the cross. So in this time that you are in, may God bless you to begin to balance out life, to learn to shift your focus so that if you are mostly looking down at the details, that you can from time to time learn to look up at the stars once in a while. And if you're mostly looking up, that you can learn to look down once in a while and notice the small beautiful ladybird that is sitting right in front of you. May God bless you as you navigate your preference during this time of crisis and how you can assist others to navigate their preferences in time of crisis to be unified in your family. May God bless you. Amen. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus 27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8 a.m. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in his wings.